0: Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, folks. It's gonna be a great show. But before I get started, I wanted to tell Stu is in the house on the boards. How are you doing this morning or this afternoon, Stu? Good afternoon. I'm doing great, Igberto. Thank you. Well, you know, I noticed that we have somebody else in the studio. Let's give a good recognition to her person out there in the studio. How are you doing today? In your name. I didn't even get a chance to introduce myself. Well, anyway, we are going to have a great show. Hi, it's Di. <laughs> Di is in the house. She's training on the board and helping with the phones. Hey, well, look, I appreciate you being here in the studio with us. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right, folks, we are going to have a great show for you today. The title of the show is Corporations Irrespective of Party Prosecutions for Malfeasance is Down and Unionization is down. We're going to continue with that. But before I get started, I want to ask all you guys to give us a call at 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2 to come on air right away. Again, the number is 713-526-5738. Before I get started, I always like to tell you guys to remember this is a community radio station. And it is, it is funded and supported by you. Not only is it funded and supported by you, that, it, that offers you the ability to have a vote in this station. That gives you the ability to know that everything that we tell you is the unadulterated truth, not, not going through the lens, not going through the prisms of a corporation, a prism of those who would mislead you for a profit because who owns KPFT 90.1 FM? You do you own the words that come over here because guess what you support it so please don't forget to go to kpft.org kpft.org hit that donate button and support the program i promise you we work hard to bring you substantive information we work hard to bring you music that you normally won't hear on commercial radio we work hard to bring you news programs uh, fact-based opinions, etc., etc., etc. So now that I've taken that minute to ask you to make sure to please, please, we ask you so kindly to support our, our, our program on KPFT.org. Remember to select uh, Politics and Right as a program you are supporting. Uh, May Wood is on the internet; he's the first person in the chat. But we'd like to have some of you on the phone as well. Seven one three. Hit option two. Please don't wait till the end of the show. Let's get engaged early so that we can have substantive conversation, substantive discourse. Anyway, I repeat it again. The title of the show, Corporations Win Irrespective of Party. Prosecutions for Malfeasance Down, Unionization Down. What does it say? I repeat, what does it say when irrespective Of which party is in power, that corporations increases their power. Malfeasance, unionization, and profits. Is there an answer? Yes. Anyhow, starting. Remember the joy those who were not blinded by the fallacies of healthcare felt when Obamacare uh, passed? Even the people in Ruby Reds, Kentucky were happy with Obamacare by a different name. They called it Kinect. But guess who else loved it? Health insurance stocks went through the roof. Why would that be? Why would that be? Well, I'm going to continue with Ray first, and then we'll continue with uh, the essay. Ray, come on in to the program. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Happy Friday, virtual. Happy uh, Friday, Ray. Related MLK Day to you. I, I did uh, get
0: a chance to listen in, but I was working, so <laughs> you well, know how that is. No problem, my man. I'm just happy that you're listening, and, you know, I'd I love to hear from you as well. Talk to me.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to kind of take you, I guess, into the weeds again today. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my topic that I want to talk about is pedophiles aren't getting the attention they deserve. Okay. And I really... Want your listeners out there to understand what I'm saying. Okay. So, uh, my reason for going here is because you mentioned all the time a lot of the issues happening in our society affect those at the bottom most. Yes. And no one gets more duff than anybody accused of a sex crime. Yes. However, you have three prominent sex criminals that I call, that are convicted and unconvicted, and yet because they're high profile, they were either in the financial sector or in our political sector, they are immune from any kind of consequences, which is why I say they don't get the attention they deserve. Those three individuals I'm naming are actually Florida men. <laughs> and if you know anything about Florida, they have some of the toughest sex offender laws yes. in the country. Yes. And if these men were actually held accountable for their actions, they would not be able to live in Florida. Those three men are Jeffrey Epstein. You know his story. Oh, yes. It's well do documented. Know. Yes. <laughs> Matt Gates. Yes. Who has been documented for sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. hmm and is also good pals with our beloved center, Mr. Ted Raphael Cruz. I call him Raphael right now. He don't deserve to be Ted. Exactly. And last but not least, Mr. I grab women by the, you know what? Yes. Donald J. Trump. The
0: former president All of the United men, States.
1: Former president of the United States. All three of these men have been able to navigate through life with no consequences for their alleged sex crimes. And you understand the allegation alone would cripple a working class person. Yes. But these men, because they're in a high place of power, don't see
0: any consequences. And let me tell you, Ray, and that is where we come in as a, you know, and in fact, I'm going to talk about some of that uh, when I'm done with the essay in that, We have to take responsibility for taking responsibility for these things. In other words, we can't just, um, you know, uh, you you turn on a radio show a lot of times, Ray, and, you know, we complain, we complain, we complain, and then we throw our hands up in the air and nothing changes, right? What I'm hoping to do with what we do, not only at KPFT with politics done right but you know I I I do the, the the KPFT or I do the politics thing done right things all over the internet I also write a whole lot of blogs and books etc my thing is I want us to understand that we already have the power to change those things just like you're talking about it now the mere fact you're listening and eventually you're going to vote appropriately but we have to we have to keep people's eyes like you just did focused on the focused on the ball in other words yes we, we we have to right now if you listen to anybody talking about Donald Trump running for a, for president again they won't make his sex crimes or alleged sex crimes a major portion of his narrative if that no were but- it, go ahead
1: uh, let me rebut, but it'll cripple even a progressive look at what it did to al Franken yes. he had to step he He didn't have to, but he volunteered to step down yes. because the shame of right. that label
0: okay but, I, I agree yeah. I, I think you i I think you may have cut me a little bit too too early because i, I i'm i am i am not disagreeing with you at all what i' what I'm okay. saying what I'm saying is. The narrative on Donald Trump right now is concentrated. Like I said, when we are here on the radio and when we are telling people what what we think folks should do to make a change, if you listen to the mainstream media narrative, very little is touched about all the allegations on these guys. These guys are treated just like you would be treated being a non-offender when they are offenders. These guys are given... Airtime. These guys are given respect. These guys are given all of these things, even as they have all these allegations against them. But we, the people, now, if 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 we, independent media, etc., take the responsibility not to let that fall through the crack, like you just did by by pointing out these three prominent guys that uh, two of them who just got reelected, or one that got re- yeah two got reelected by pointing that out. I mean. Think about if if these things were more prevalent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be said. And I know you know, but I'm saying it for the listeners out there because right. they tend to forget that, you know, these things, you know, they were brought up in the media maybe for a week or two
0: and right. then they get forgotten. That's the point that I'm making. In other words, you just changed that narrative, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. just. And now. The the thousands of people that are out there listening to the radio, when they think Donald Trump later on this afternoon, they are going to be remembering about Holden by the you know what. When they think about Gates, when Gates are on uh, uh, Gates is on all these committees that he just got placed on, they're going to be thinking, thinking they have that sex trafficker on a committee. And when he starts talking to the committee, those folks who have listened to what you brought onto this program that's going to be triggering in their minds as well. And that's the importance of our kind of media.
1: Yes, sir. And Mr. Cruz, he, he can't speak because he wanted to grill Ketanji Brown about, you know, her opinion, her legal right. opinion on sex offenders. But he's palling around, palling around with a known
0: Sex alleged, offender. Yes. 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 You're absolutely right. Anything else, we, we, else do you want to say, Brother Ray? Well, I'm a proud owner of both
1: audiobooks for uh politics for um how to make america utopia uh and how to talk to your right wing friends and I actually would love to uh, see you in a webinar. I actually sent you an email about that.
0: Yeah, I, got the, I uh-huh. haven't responded yet, but I just saw it while I was going through my email here at the studio. But yes, thank you so kindly for uh, getting, getting those two books. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you so kindly. Yes, sir. Keep up the good work. You have a great, wonderful weekend. You too, sir. All right. Anyway, folks, uh, that was Ray. And Ray brought up a very important point that we have to keep in the the space, in the narrative. Anyhow, folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Please remember to hit option two so that you'll get on the air right away. Uh, Option one is if you want to contribute. Option two is to get on the air right away and speak with me. 713-526-5738. Uh, let's see. I don't know if it's my location or just my lousy Wi-Fi, but getting lots of lag like today. Sorry about that on the air on uh, Maywood. You can also listen at kpft.org as well or politicsonright.tv. Anyhow, remember the joy, those who, back to the essay, remember the joy, those who were not blinded by the fallacies of health care felt when Obamacare passed, even the people in Ruby Red, Kentucky, were happy with Obamacare by a different name. In Kentucky, it was called Kinect. I remember on TV, they would say, do you want Obamacare? People said, no, that's socialism. And then they said, but do you like Kinect? And they said, I love Kinect. Kinect gives me good health care. Well, Kinect was a name in Kentucky given to Obamacare. So they loved Kinect, but they hated Obamacare. That is what our media, that is what our politicians did then. But guess who else loved it? The health insurance stocks went through the roof. The health insurance companies loved Obamacare. They loved the Affordable Care Act, which is the same. They loved Kinect, which is the same. Why would that be? Well, well... Corporations, via their nonprofit misinformed and paid politicians, created enough chaos to scare politicians into making the Affordable Care Act somewhat patient friendly, but mostly corporation friendliest. You get it? They made it patient friendly, but corporation friendliest. So, therefore, corporations knew, ah, we got Obamacare now. We didn't really want it because it's going to be, there's going to be increased taxes and whatever. But guess what? We're going to make all that money back and more. Let's talk about it, folks, because it's not the sub- that This is a pre- prelim to the subject. It's important. Yes, you get a free colonoscopy with Obamacare, but if they find something wrong, the colonoscopy is no longer coded as screening. In other words, millions that would not have had a colonoscopy get one. It may or may not save their lives if cancer is found, but to many, it drains their financial resources. Understand what that means. Screening becomes a marketing tool, subsidized government advertising to increase business for screening centers, hospitals, and the entire private healthcare system industrial complex and this type of scenario occurs over and over and over for obamacare and for many other things i think i think i need you to understand what i just said there everybody talks about screening Obamacare increased the level of screening on everybody. You can go get yourself screened now. Supposedly, if you screen, you can find diseases early and where it's easier to treat, etc. But if in the screening process, something is found, that is no longer screening. That's diagnostic. And diagnostic is not covered by the freeness, the free, free coverage, right? It's not. It's not covered. It's now into the other domain. If you have insurance who covers it, you may be paying your 80-20 at that point. It's not free anymore. So in effect, what Obamacare did for insurance companies is it was a marketing tool for them to bring in a lot of people for screening because if you bring a lot of people for screening, you're going to find a lot of diseases, And if you find a lot of diseases, you make a lot of money. Because in America, diseases means money for the health care industrial complex. I so wish folks understood. Obama, Don't get me wrong. Obamacare is good for all of us. But remember the way it was written. It was written for the corporations to make even more. So you get a little bit more coverage. You may, cost, you, you may go to the doctor when you otherwise would not, and that may cost you your house or something that otherwise would not if you just dropped dead. But, but, folks, remember, it was a marketing tool for the healthcare industrial complex. Let's go ahead and bring on Kasten into the field. Kasten, come on in. You are hot right now. Come on in, Kasten. My question is this. Yes.
2: A little bit on racial disparity. Going all the way back to 1968. Yes, sir. I was in a... I was in a special reconnaissance platoon mm-hmm. and I had a machine gunner that was a black mm-hmm. and our lives depended on each other. Mm-hmm. And as the years went as the year went on with all the racial strife back here in the United States, mm-hmm. he started hanging around with all the I should say the blacks they were having all this against the white people in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So I went down there one day. I called him up in front of all these other blacks. I told him to put his hand out, and I took out my knife real quick, and I cut the palm of his hand, and I cut mine. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you see any difference in the color of the blood? Mm -hmm. He said, no. I said, understand something. I said, if it gets bad and you get hit, I said, I'm coming for you. If it takes my life, so be it, but I'm coming for you, Mm -hmm. and I expect the same from you. Up to the present day now, with Black Lives Matter and everything else going on, why is it that none of the high-profile black Americans, Mm -hmm. LeBron, Sheila Jackson Lee, or anybody else steps up and says, Hey, you're, you're bringing our race down this is not right, you need to change your attitudes. But none of them speak up, none of them says anything. And then as a white person, if I brought anything like this up,
0: then right away I'm condemned as a racist. Okay, let me let me ask you a question because um, I, I'm, and by the way, first of all, I wanna thank you for bringing up a subject that many would fear bringing up, especially to a black host. So you got my kudos right there, first of all. Now, secondly, um, I don't know if I quite understood the problem. What is this that you want Sheila and other prominent black people to um, do?
2: What what I'm saying is you read every day about carjacking, sir. Uh, You read about people being accosted, everything on TV. Mm -hmm. And the majority of it is black Americans. That's all we see on TV. Right. And then my question is, is why don't the high-profile black Americans that are in sports, baseball, football, Sheila Jackson Lee, anybody else, why don't they speak up on TV and say, you're disparaging our race, this is not right? You need to change your attitudes,
0: but you don't hear a word out of them. I am so happy you brought that up, and and you you, you know you brought up a lot of issues, Kasten. Let me first attempt with the first thing that well, one of the last things that you said. You said every time you look in TV and you see these crimes being committed, what do you see? Black folks committing those crimes, correct? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, and, right. and I feel oh. too much... No, feel let, me, too let, me, let, me, let me stop you right
0: there, because okay. you know I think I, I made you say a whole lot, which I'm happy that you did, and because you are going to help me point out some very important points right here. The reason when you go... If you go to... Have you ever been to a courthouse? And I'm not talking about for a traffic ticket or anything like that, but a criminal courthouse? Absolutely. I was a police officer for 18 years. Okay, great. So let, let, let me point something out. It is a fallacy. It, black people, as a percentage, commit more crime when not weighted for social, socioecon- well, for economics events. In other words, uh, black folk, Latinos, and others, uh, when you look at it, when you pass it through a social economic prism, you find that if you go to Appalachia, where it's predominantly white, The level of crime, and I did all this research, that's why I'm glad you brought this up, because a lot of people think exactly like what you're saying as well. But I think what we ought to do as a society, I love everybody, I don't care who the hell you are, and I'm glad for the story you gave about you and your your the guy in the foxhole with you, because that is where we need to be as a country. You're absolutely right. But here's the deal, brother. Um, what happens is what our society has done is it creates narratives. And that narrative about the evil uh, black man out there to get you, it's is such a, a narrative that is presented on screen for Houstonians. Are you here in Houston? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, it's for Houstonians to see on TV. Every, every bad crime that you see on TV, mostly it's going to be a Latino or a black person that you see on TV. But if you effectively look at all the crime that has occurred in the city on that day, you would see that that is not the majority of the crime that has occurred. But that is what you will see on TV. You're absolutely right. Now, if you are looking at a society, if, whites, if white Houston or white America goes on to TV and every time they see a crime, they see a black person or a, a person of color, they are going to make that equation that says... Black people, crime. Latino people, crime. That's what they're going to see. And I can't blame them for seeing that, right? And that's why I take the stance that I take with my program. My program isn't to say here is this white guy who just called me on the phone and he said that Sheila Jackson Lee should talk to black people and tell them to stop being criminals. First of all, that's the, the, the people that you see at TV are such a small percentage of the black population that to, to, for, 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 for Sheila to have to equate the black pop, by Sheila, if Sheila were to get up and say, black people stop acting that way, she would be acknowledging that those criminals that you are seeing on TV are somehow representative of the black population at large. My wife goes to a predominantly black church. My daughter went to a predominantly white school. All right. Guess what? And, and she also goes, my daughter also goes to a predominantly black church. Guess what she has noticed among these different groups of people that she have, that she's very close to. This, her, her white friends in school and her black friends in church. The behavior, et cetera, are pretty darn similar. What we have. Well, I, go ahead. Come can on. Can I in. stop you for a moment? Sure, sure,
2: sure, sure. The point you made just a couple of moments ago about black Americans being portrayed on TV and the crime, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have many black friends. Yes. Okay. That's not, you know, in no way. I mean, I love them dearly. They're brothers to me. Right. But what I'm saying is when you see this portrayed in the media on TV all the time Mm -hmm. over a large white populace and Mm -hmm. they see that these young blacks with the hoodies on Mm -hmm. and everything else, are committing the crime, then you can't help but understand that a lot of white people that don't sit down and rationalize it, as you just stated, mm-hmm. that they say, well, overall, this is the way they are. 15% of the black population is. Yes. And, 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 but, and by God, you know, the, the, you know, this is, this is bad. We Kasten, don't want to deal with this. So let me talk and to you, Kasten.
0: You, Kasten, that is where you come in, Kasten. You're a smart dude, aren't you? You're a smart dude. And, you know, the, the society is only going to change when all of us make the change. Or, or, or either we make the change or we also force the change with our, you know, with our persuasive powers. Because you understood exactly what I said about. Uh, if, if, uh, if, if you listen to my programs all over that, where, where I give, I am not the black guy that comes out and, and just start attacking white folks who seem to say racist things or seem to say certain things that are unkind. You don't see me doing that. What I try to do is I try to see things through the eyes of the person that I'm talking to. And the reason I try to do that is most people I've realized in society are good people. And they're good people with, with racist feelings. They're good people with racist ideas. And some folks are going to slap me for saying that, but here's what I mean. People didn't become that way out of just thin air. We have a, an entire society whose job it is to, to create this chaos. Because, believe it or not, and I'm going to go a little bit in the weeds here, but I'm going to ask you to stick with me. Our economic system depends on racism. And I don't mean the way you may think. It depends on white guys like you, right? And white folk looking at Latinos and looking at black folk and be concerned about what they're doing because the, the, the way the economic system works, it, 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 it pilfers everybody. You, it pilfers you as a white guy. It pilfers me as a black guy, a black Latino, black Caribbean dude. It pilfers, it pilfers everybody. But the only way they can continue doing that is to create these anima. So when you watch TV, uh, crime look a certain way, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. You know, there's uh, a... L- well, let me... Uh, go ahead. Let me bring you up, to date on one thing.
2: I wrote back on the Miami Police Force. Yes, sir. And... Uh, once the area I rode was predominantly black, mm-hmm. Haitian, Puerto Rican. Yes. One side was called the pit. Mm-hmm. The other side was called the swamp. Mm-hmm. And the pit was where all the Puerto Rican Puerto Ricans and Haitians lived and mm-hmm. the swamp where all low-income blacks lived. Mm-hmm. And I was raised never to be prejudiced by my family, never, never have been in my life. Mm-hmm. But as a white police officer riding an all-black area... Mm-hmm and dealing with the same thing day in and day out, Mm -hmm. you cannot help but getting somewhat prejudiced. Because I used to see black guys shining their cars, getting them just absolutely beautiful, and they'd get, you know, they'd be dressed to the nines with the shirt and the coat and all that, and getting mm-hmm. in their Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And then I would see the poor black mother with three little kids trotting along behind her with a shopping cart full of clothes, mm-hmm. going to the laundromat. Right. And and I would go, what is wrong with this picture? And uh, but and I, the same thing. And and like I say, going all the way back to that time, seventy one, seventy two. And it carries all the way over to right now. There's no
0: father structure. There's no guidance. There's no value. There's mm-hmm. no common sense. All right, let me let me let me push back a, lit, a, a bit there. Um, and the reason I, I want to tell—remember, I spoke earlier about a lot of these issues being socioeconomic, economic, right? And there's Correct. a genesis for all of this. Uh, you already. Gave me the impression that you are I acknowledge that uh pigmentation for some for all practical purposes skin deep I have a whole book I wrote about uh, this particular particular issue, but i 'm not going to go there now, but everything that you just said right there about the black folks that you 've seen in that in not the in the swamp i guess the part that you look in right. I can ride to a certain part of America with mostly white people. I tell you, I could tell you a story about my daughter in Ohio, in the Ohio River Valley. Um, and that is the same behavior you get. Social economic behavior is a thing. But what happens, it's while it is highlighted on TV or when you were a cop because you were in Miami and not in Timbuktu, Ohio, that is what you saw. But nobody, uh, it not often would folks speak the way you just spoke about black folks, about the white areas in Appalachia. So what I'm trying to get to you, right, is not that, I mean, there's a, the, the picture is bad that you just showed. The guy shining his car, taking care of himself, and not of the mother with three kids who is he impregnated. But I'm saying, that's not a racial thing. You saw it in a black neighborhood. But it's not a racial thing because it's something you will also see in. And by the way, I I appreciate the conversation and appreciate the civility of the conversation.
2: I totally totally agree with you. Right. But, uh, you know, I was just trying to state the point that being a white officer in an all-black area and seeing the same thing every day, every day while I'm patrolling...
0: Even though I was raised without any prejudice whatsoever, it got it you does prejudice creep yeah. into your mind and let me tell you what i what I expect of you as a police officer though sir right and this is where training is supposed to come in because believe it or not i i I like I said, I see things through the eyes of others, and if you're a white officer in a black neighborhood having to address black persons doing bad things and also maybe being racial towards you because of their own experiences, I can see how the animosity builds. I can see that through your eyes. What I'm saying, however, is that our training with you as a professional, you cannot affect your heart when certain things are happening, but as a professional, you're People, your bosses, your training should still keep a particular modus operandi. And that's what when when I when I when I when I march with Black Lives Matter and I have marched with Black Lives Matter before because I have seen cops do the things that cops do to people who have your sentiment, the sentiment that you just gave, sir, actually tells me that under a particular condition, you could have behaved that way. Am I right? Well, yeah, you know, abs- absolutely. But, uh, okay, you know, so let me stop sure. you there. Let me stop you there because that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, we're all humans, right? And we have these behavior types. Now, that said, the reason I march with these guys, I'm saying we have to change the modus operandi. And you as a yeah. professional, you are the professional. You are the professional, right? We have to instill in your training. You know, when you remember when you're in the military, uh, you had to learn muscle memory. Certain bullets start flying. You had to learn how to react before your mind gets involved. What happens with a lot of cops is their muscle memory has not been trained that correct or have not been trained correctly. Yes, they're calling you names. They're disrespecting you. They're doing all these things. But what is your name? A peace officer.
2: Well, if I can say on that subject matter that you just brought up with our training, let's go back to George Floyd Mm -hmm. and the other three officers. I have to admit, I have somewhat empathy for them Mm -hmm. because what I'm saying is these were newbies on the force. Yeah. And And when you're a newbie on the force, you're on probation. And, uh, I can't remember the main guy that was holding George Floyd down yeah. but he was a he was a senior officer. Right. So this is just like being in the military my friend. Mm-hmm. I I'm a PFC and I see my captain doing something. Right. I'm going to speak up against my captain? No, no I'm going to be won't. cleaning out grease. I'm going to be cleaning out grease traps for the next 3 years. And so these young officers they're seeing this and in their mind they're going, "Yes, this is wrong. This should not be scared to death to speak up because this guy would write on an efficiency report. And very simply, these guys are thinking about their
0: family support for their family and they get right. fired. Right. Well, look, let me, let me tell you, Uh first of all, keep listening to my show, keep calling in. Uh, and uh, what I like about the the conversation is we can have a Frank conversation. And I think if, if, if we start doing more of this, looking through other people's eyes, and you yourself, I want you looking through the eyes of those people that you've became prejudiced against and, and ask what the genesis is of how they are. It didn't, none of this happened in a vacuum. People didn't get the way they were in a vacuum. And if, if more of us were preaching this narrative, this proper narrative, that, you know, that the bad guy, whether white, black, or blue, or whomever didn't get that way out of the blue and those are the things that I like to figure out we, we can either want to make a positive change in society or just keep fighting among folks and I chose well, or I choose to make a positive change
2: well I'll tell you real quickly and then we'll let it go as far as the George Floyd thing and the other young officers You have to admit yourself, some of us have a weak backbone, some of us have a strong one. I've got a very strong one, I say it like it is, and if I was one of those officers I would have gone over there and I would have pulled him off Floyd in a heartbeat, whether it cost me my job or not. Look,
0: Caston, I think you're a good person. I honestly think you you called in and we could have this conversation and I I think you're a good person. Keep calling, keep listening, but I do think that there there, there are some streaks that I heard in uh, some, uh, there there are some stereotypes I heard in the words that you say, but we tackle that some other time. I really do appreciate your call though, sir. All right, my friend. Have a good one. You have a great one now. All right, let's go to Moses. Come on in, Moses
3: good uh, What is it?
0: Um, buenas tardes or buenos noches? Buenas tardes. Como estas, Moise, Moises? And your m- name, Moses, bien, is Moises.
3: Bien, muy, <laughs> muy bien. ¿Y e, tú?
0: Muy bien. Estoy muy bien. Uh, was that bien? You did very well, sir. You did very well. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? All
3: right. Now, my topic is, I don't know if you heard it, but when I heard it, You know, as a retired teacher, it just blew up my mind. Yes. I heard that in in Florida, they're about to erase the Black History Studies.
0: Oh, my God. Don't tell me about it. I've read about it. Go ahead.
3: And they're, and they're going to replace it with European history?
0: Let me tell you what happened. Let, 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 let me just tell you, in, in effect, what happened. So you may want to turn down the radio a bit that you have on. Um,
3: okay, hold on hold on a minute. Okay, Can so
0: I, I, I will, and I, as I said, this as I'm going to start telling the folks as it is right now. In, in Florida, the great governor of Florida is trying to redo uh, how things work, and it seems like our network has gone down again. Yeah, so anyhow, mm. but can you hear me? Yeah. So,
3: yes, I can hear you clearly.
0: All right, so here's what happens. What he mm. did is he went ahead and said, we are no longer, uh, there's, a, there's a nonprofit organization that wants to teach or put a black history curriculum. And I don't quite remember what, what the format of the history was, but he said that black history has the, the, the way they were gonna teach black history has no value the only things that they should be teaching based on Florida law is oh European history, Japanese history etc. Oh
3: my heaven
0: okay and uh again this is to reach the, the the deepest uh the deepest part of his party who have no desire for any kind of racial harmony. And I mean, I, 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 he didn't only talk about that. He also wants to teach that the slave trade didn't really occur. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of, if you look at DeSantis' history when he was a teacher and when he did a whole lot more, he was always, and I, he was always I I don't like to just call people racist, but that's in effect what he was. He he was when he taught. He he was he is as a governor, and the reason he is that way, I can't quite understand why it is now.
3: The I, question I'm asking, yes, as a teacher, uh-huh. as a teacher, yes. with the heart of the teacher, yes. If you have studied in. Yeah education, yes. educational philosophy. You've gone through the annals of education, Piaget, Jerome Bruner, and all of the, our education prelims. If you have studied education thoroughly and understand how people learn, what it takes to bring a generation through with education, that it has to encompass every subject. Yes, so you get a, You can get a citizenry that is knowledgeable, yes. strong, and can face any contingency. If you understand that is the, 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 your, your profession as a teacher, how who let that dog through into education? To come up through education to get to a point where he's now the governor, and can do better for educators and education and for um, the learning of, of children who let that dog into education and then to find himself as a governor now. Oh my heavens, like it is a
0: pain in the heart of a teacher. Let me, you're, you're absolutely right, Miss Teacher. I want you to, Mr. Teacher, I want to ask you to hold one second. I want to just say this I want to salute Diggs BTW7, John Smith, uh, Julie Henderson. You guys keep talking and having that great conversation on the chat. Uh, and now, back to you, uh, Moises. I, I want to say this uh-huh. I, I, I want to first tell my Florida brothers and sisters you have a terrible governor who within the school system is creating a a, a, um, authoritarian form of teaching which will make sure that those who solely get their education in those schools or ill-informed and an ill-informed student will perform just that way on the world stage as well. But the good thing about it is this, I am, I'm a free enterpriser Moises. Okay. I love free enterprise. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. the school is just one place of learning. Right. So we know Mm -hmm. now that in that one place of learning, we have a lot of misinformation. What that does Mm -hmm. is it creates the avenue for great people like you Moises To have all these external learning centers, and I'm not even talking about something that pays a lot or whatever. You would get grants from all over to have people come to symposiums and little things that you can do. We don't have to live under the purview of terrible governors, even if we live in a red state. There are options. It gives us an opportunity to go. Let, Let me tell you, let me tell you what I would do if I were if i were politicians from another uh, from a different party in florida i would use mm-hmm. what Uh, Mr. Governor of Florida is doing as a growing to grow my base. And how do we do that? I would get nonprofit dollars to go into community after community and give classes after classes after we've already made it known that this guy is miseducating your kids. We will get a chance to educate them and in educating those kids in in, in particular subjects, free of charge and having their families in. Who do you think those families' loyalties become thereafter?
3: But has the problem with mm-hmm. my experience in teaching, mm-hmm. and with the powers that be in teaching, mm-hmm. when you st- when you try to institute common sense, mm-hmm. the situation is such that the parents are uh, affected, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the students are affected, the whole uh, the whole the whole um the whole um um state is affected. Yes. And this man is sitting there there and has the power to to. Put stumbling blocks in your way. I know. Right. You have uh, the power to put stumbling blocks uh, in your way. So the best thing to do, if you can get the people together, is to call a vote of no confidence. I, I The, the, the,
0: the, the thing about it is, you're not going to get that in... We still have a very... Uh, I, I hate to use the word polarized, but we have a very polarized society right now. And one of the polls are not based on fact based information. Okay? So it's 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 hard to get to, but what we have the power to do is what we can do for ourselves. And let
3: uh, me say this let me say the last thing. Sure, go ahead. Because sure. you have other callers. Yes. What I am looking at now, I am so, you know, I'm a US citizen mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and I loved America. Mm-hmm. I thought for twenty two years.
0: Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. By the way, I I have yeah. before you finish. Before you finish, I want all teachers to know this. I one. Of the, the, I think the most loyal, the most important profession, bar none, is teaching, and I revere teachers. Back in Panama, teachers were treated treated like royalty because we yeah. understand that is what carries society forward. Continue, Moises.
3: Yeah. Um. I, I say this quickly. And um, what I see. Mm-hmm. Over the years, we the older teachers, we saw this coming. Mm-hmm. We warned against it when they began inclusion and all these little all these little, you know, these little devices. Right. You know. And especially in the poor black communities, mm-hmm. like you were saying to this gentleman a while ago, it is not their fault. Mm-hmm. It is not their fault. Everything is lined up against them. Mm-hmm. And we, the teachers, would try to fight for our students. You know, they come after you with everything they have going, you know. But I am so sorry for America that when an American student faces a foreign student, and the foreign student, I remember asking my students one time, who is the, um, who is the, the um, secretary of state? for the United States. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at me and said, who? And I said, my, my, my. Mm-hmm. I trembled. And you ask them, I even went ask one, who's that? Who? Oh, my heavens. My, when we begin to lose knowledge and understanding and wisdom among our students, the next generation going forth, we have not given them anything to stand up in the faith of the enemy, we have given them nothing.
0: Let me tell you, um, that's all I will say. Moises, mm-hmm. thank you so kindly for calling in. Uh, you know, you just mentioned Secretary of State, and I'm like, God, God, it just slipped me, slipped me. No, but I, I, I knew who it was. But but here's the thing. Um, like I said, I first of all I agree with you, but I also think that we need to move from the position of impotence and make, and always try to turn lemons into lemonade. And in as much as uh, as uh, uh, the governor of Florida, uh, DeSantis is doing all these bad things, I think these bad things are an opportunity for us to engage the community otherwise. And I think uh, the pr- one of the problems we have in America, and not only in America, but elsewhere, is we we've rarely think outside of the box. And we need to start thinking outside of the box, to mitigate the bad things that are happening by bad people. And that's my goal. And that's one of my goals with these types of programs as well. Look, we can turn those lemons into lemonade.
3: I think you are right. I think you are right. It is usually... Necessity is the mother of invention. There you go. And I think you are a teacher.
0: You are an educator. You are an educator. Thank you so kindly for calling, wayce's Okay. All right. Okay. Folks, bye give bye. us a call. 713-526-5738. In case I don't get through with the essay today, please remember that you can always go to politicsdone slash newsletter, and you can find all the essays for every show that I've done. Politics done Right dot com slash newsletter. Corporations via their nonprofit misinformed. And I'm continuing with the, the story of the day until I get another call. 713-526-5738. Hit option two. And you will be on air. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Corporations via their nonprofit misinformed and paid politicians created enough chaos to scare politicians into making the Affordable Care Act somewhat patient-friendly and mostly corporate, corporation-friendliest. Yes, you get free colonoscopy, but remember what I said earlier. If it finds something else, it can cost you. All right. Continuing, every time a law purportedly helps the masses look under the hood, corporations are going to get their pound of flesh extracted by their bought politicians first. Remember our previous topic where we discussed stakeholders? The capital class gets the most and we get the crumbs. Stakeholder theory in a, is a view of capitalism that stresses the interconnected relationships between business, their customers, suppliers, employees, investors, communities, and others who have a stake in the organization. It is clear based on the decline in economic state that the powerless of, the, uh, the, uh, back up, the economic state, in the organization. It is clear based on the decline in economic state and powerlessness of the employee and the customer that the theory does not treat stakeholders evenly. Capitalism in its name is probative. The stakeholders who own and control the capital continue to be the lord of the consumers and employees remain the serfs. Two stories come to mind. Few feel it. Few will initially see their interrelation, but they must. The first is that under this purported union-loving Democratic president and administration, unionization is at its lowest point. The second is that under President Joe Biden, corporation, corporate persecutions have hit a record low. The Common Dreams article, low union numbers amid organizing Wave sparks calls for U.S. labor law fixes, should give everyone pause. It says the following, labor advocates renewed calls for boosting U.S. worker rights and protections under... on Thursday as federal data revealed that despite union membership rising by 273,000 from 2021 to 2022, a jump in non-union jobs meant the unionization rate fell from 10.3% to a record low of 10.1%. In 1983, the first year where comparable union data are available, the union membership rate was 20.1% and there were 17.7 million union workers. The Bureau of Labor Statistics noted in a statement announcing the the new figures, the number of workers who held a job covered by a union contract included those who report no union affiliation rose by 200,000 to 16 million last year. But the percentage of employees represented dropped from 11.6% to 11.3% according to the BLS as a Bureau of Labor and Service. All right. The Bureau found that those 7.1 million public sector employees belonged to unions in 2022, similar to the 7.2 million private sector workers. The union membership rate was 33% for the public sector compared with 6% for the private sector. Think about that, 6%. Responding to the BLS release, the AFL-CIO Federation of Unions representing represented 12.5 million workers asserted, these statistics highlight the need for the protecting the right to organize the PRO Act and the Public Service Freedom to Negotiate Act, which will hold union-busting companies and organizations accountable and give workers the negotiation power they deserve. Specifically, pointing to the record low unionization rate last year, Nina Turner, a former Democratic Congressional candidate and senior fellow at the Institute on Race, Power, and Political Economy, said that this is a move in the wrong direction. Nothing, Noting the same statistics, Democrats said the U.S. House Committee on Education and the Workforce tweeted, unfortunately, this is not a surprise, even though unions are extremely popular among workers. This is a direct result of employers using illegal union-busting tactics and Republicans turning their backs on working people. Remember I said I'll tie the two together. At the same time, Another article analysis shows corporate prosecutions hit a low of 20 in 2022 under Biden. So here we go. We have unionization going down many times because of illegal actions by corporations. And at the same time, we're having less corporations being convicted, less corporations being uh, scrutinized. So here we go. It says, despite the Biden administration pledged to crack down on corporate crime, a new analysis of Justice Department data shows that business prosecution fell to a record low in fiscal year 2022, even as there appeared to be no shortage of wrongdoing from healthcare fraud. To large-scale price gouging, the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, a nonprofit data-gathering outfit, noted Thursday that there were more than four thousand federal white-collar prosecution last year. Under one percent, or only thirty-one percent of those defendants were business or corporate entities. This is the lowest number of criminal prosecution of business entities for white-collar offenses since federal prosecutors started tracking in. 2004. I'm going to go to David in a minute, but I want to finish. I'm going to skip that part of the essay and try to finish the essay before I go to David. David, give me about two minutes here, or one minute here. Corporations know that at best, irrespective of their crimes, including union busting, the worst most need, the most need to worry about is a negotiated slap on the wrist. The average American is not afforded said leniency in the aggregate. It is it is on us to emancipate ourselves from our, our voluntary antiseptic slavery and assert our worth and collective power. Until we cut the chains in our minds from accepting corporate evil deeds as fida complete, there will be no change. It is up to us to vote our interests and elect those who will bring a fair economy to all of us." Come on in, David. How are you doing today?
4: Good.
0: I'm here, David. Yeah, I was, uh have
4: you are you aware of there's a list a list that it says the fourteen signs of fascism? Have you
0: I, ever heard of that? I've I've heard I don't remember if it's the fourteen signs of fascism, but I've heard of something yeah. amount of well, fascism before.
4: Okay. What one, one of the fourteen signs of fascism on that list mm-hmm. is Corporate power is protected.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah, I do know that. Yes, yes.
4: Now, what I one thing I really wanted to comment on was this guy that called you about the fellow who's an ex police <laughs> officer. Yes, and I don't know from what I could tell, it sounded like he was trying to make apologies for some of the guys that were that were involved with 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 uh, Chauvin
0: who was. Uh, was what he was trying Chauvin to do was, is to say that these guys were following their leader. And well, very few people this, uh, um, go against okay. their leaders. Yeah.
4: Let, let me let me comment about what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. And there was, the people that were, were were in the Nuremberg trials after after World War Two, they basically maintained the same thing with Hitler. Mm-hmm. They said we were only doing our jobs. Right. That did not absolve them of their guilt. No, no, it shouldn't. Yeah, and here's the thing about it: they are adults; they're not children. And furthermore, nobody forced them to become police officers. And here's the problem: when you assign, when you uh, sign up for a job like that, you're under the you're under the understanding that you're receiving from the state an enormous amount of power over the people that right. you that you that you're. And, and that church are uh, sworn to protect and.
0: David, serve. you're absolutely right, and I'm running out of time. I hope you he- I you, know. heard, you, you heard when I told him that uh, he has the that you know he a professional, and as a professional, what we expect of him. I am happy that Mr. Caston he- called in. I'm very happy because
4: yeah, he's held to a
0: higher standard. Exactly, and we have to have these kinds of dialogues. However, for others in the community to hear. Because what we have is these shouting matches and the way the mainstream media handles these stories, they don't allow expressions, right? And that's what we have to do here. And that's how we actually get across and get towards people. But David, as usual, thank you so kindly for calling in, my brother. You keep listening, keep calling. We'll stay together. Okay, sir. I will do that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, folks. uh, Look, uh, I hope you enjoyed the program. Please go to politicsunright.com slash newsletter to read the entire newsletter. And please remember to go to kpft.org to make sure that we can stay online by providing whatever support you can. Uh, It's going to be a few seconds for me to get out of here. So my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Unright. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out.